Welcome to Thriller After Dark. Before we start, I want to let you know that the following is uncut, uncensored, unedited. There has been no change to the recording of this. The opinions that I express are solely in the moment and of my own, and sometimes you won't agree. gentlemen and welcome to a special edition of thriller after dark we're here at uh, south by southwest and um what's your name uh my name's john fenley and and john was invited to a uh, get together at the just hodl event and what's interesting is that he made a scene and <laughs> it was pretty loud and um it, it got him kicked out of the event and uh, when I saw it from the panel, because uh, I was on stage, I-, I was like, what's going on? Like, who's this guy? Why is he so upset? Um, I-, I didn't understand. So when I walked outside, uh, he happened to be there after the event. And uh, he was trying to get anybody's attention that would listen. And of course, me being the way I am, I, I want to listen. I want to know more what's going on. Like, what made this guy so upset? So... John, tell us uh, your story. So um, my uh, interaction uh, the other night, last night, was, uh, was because I was an initial stakeholder in NEM. And to people out there, what's NEM? Uh, NEM is a cryptocurrency. Right now it's ranked number 19 on CoinMarketCap. Um, uh, the, the president of the NEM Foundation was there last night and... And it was advertised on their Telegram channel that she was going to be there. So uh, I flew out from Utah yesterday, um, or a day before yesterday, bought a ticket, uh, flew out specifically to come and uh, kind of confront them. Uh, I've been I've been kind of following them around the country, going to different events where NEM is present, and and kind of trying to um, make my story known. Uh, essentially, what happened is. Back. Before before we get into that, uh, uh, I have a quick question because it it's very concerning when you say that you follow them around. And um, yesterday was she was a lady that that I guess was a president for NIM. Um, she looked scared. I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, I think uh, the person sitting next to me also was like, "What's going on?" But she looked like she was fearful for her life. Um, what do you what do you think about that? Um, well, I've never threatened any violence against anybody. Uh, I do tend to make a scene sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally made a scene. <laughs> I think I think everybody was like wondering what was going on. No one knew. Um, I would just say, like from from my perspective, not not knowing what I know now, but that's not the right way to go about things. Were you talking to her before the like? Because you were at the event the whole time. Uh, yeah, I was at the event the whole time. I I came in uh, maybe a, a few minutes late, but I just sat in the back. And, and just waited had, for them to come on. Well, I had my little, I I, I brought little uh, a little name tag with my little story and some leaflets with with kind of like the story of what what happened, so I could hand those out to people that were interested. So um, just just for the record, you weren't there specifically to attack her. Uh, well, in a way, I was there to get my story out 
to but people. But it would have been regardless of who was uh, at NIM, or was it specifically targeted at that lady? It was at NIM. It's at NIM as the blockchain and their representatives. Okay, so it wasn't, so it wasn't specifically her. It was. NEM was represented up on stage. They had their logo up there. They're talking about how great NEM is. Well, I have a counter argument that NEM is a piece of shit. So, okay, so just for the record, that yeah. stated that you weren't up there to target her specifically. It was just to target NEM. Um, okay, I just want to make sure that's yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. So that way no one has to, like, file charges or, like, there has to be any, like, police involved. And, well, the police and were there. The police were there last night. They, they came and were standing across the street. Uh, the whole time I was outside. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, were they? Yeah, there were four officers across the street waiting there. Oh, just in case snap. something happened. Oh, snap. I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I would actually be happy if they did file any sort of lawsuit against me because whatever jurisdiction they file that lawsuit in would give me a really good opening for a counter suit in that jurisdiction, I think. Okay. So, right okay. Now, right now, I don't know if the, if I really could sue them here in the United States. I know that Alexander Tinsman, the, the lady that's the president of the NEM Foundation that you were talking about that was up on stage, I, I know she lives here in Texas, I think. I, I, I think. Um, and because she's now the president of the NEM Foundation, I think that might give me um, jurisdiction. Like, the, the court here might have jurisdiction to, like, settle a dispute, but I don't know. So, um... Otherwise, I'd have to go to Singapore, and I talked to some lawyers there. They wanted a $15,000 retainer before they'd even write a letter for me. So, so before we before we get into all that stuff, uh, tell us your story. Tell us what's going on. Why NIM? Why, why are you looking at them as they are the devil or something? I, I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking, but tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, so uh, it all kind of began... Back in 2014, uh, there was a thread on Bitcoin Talk. I don't remember how I heard about it. Uh, I think probably on Reddit there was some, maybe a post or something, or or I saw somebody talking somewhere about there was a, a sign up thread, and I'd been interested in in, um, in cryptocurrencies. I was mining um, Dogecoin at the time. I just I just barely bought a video card to mine some Doge, uh, Doggy Coin, I guess, whatever however you want to say it, but. Um, so I was, I was kind of like evaluating what, what cryptocurrencies were around. I'd been thinking about maybe a, starting my own UBI coin, a universal basic income coin that I, w- I was going to try to have be mined by humans. I wanted it to be like distributed very well. I'd just been to the Netherlands for an a international uh, complementary currency convention. And I was very interested in the initial distribution of coins and how that... that uh, w- can spread the adoption of a coin. And so when I heard about NEM, their stated goal at the time was to distribute the coins to 4,000 people that they were going to just, whoever whoever wanted them, they were going to have this sign-up thread. You put your name in the sign-up thread. If you're early enough, um, if you're a little bit later, then you have to do something like send a tweet, make a logo, make a social media post, uh, or pay some Bitcoin or NXT. So um, so I was, I was interested because I'd, I'd I was. I know that the way a coin is distributed and created is very important from this convention, convention I went to, and uh, and I thought Nem might have the right stuff to to do it right. Um, Who was in charge of it at the time? 
Because what year was this again? This was 2014, um, and I found out about it in January, I believe, of 2014. And at the time, there was a guy named Utopian Future that on, on the Bitcoin talk threads that was the, the head of this thing. I think he's now moved on to, to some other projects or something. But he got found out for having a whole bunch of sock puppet accounts. It was supposed to be one person, one stake. And since he had made a whole bunch of sock puppet accounts, he'd signed up for extra stakes. The, the developers weren't even supposed to get more than one stake. Everybody was supposed to get one stake, and they were all supposed to be distributed. That was the stated goal at the time. Um, so I signed up for myself, and I signed up for my son. Uh, for my stake, I sent out a tweet, and I also made some other posts on social media, on Reddit and different places to try to you know, point people at this. I made a, a, a bit.ly link to, to put people over and, and aim them at the sign-up thread. And then for my son's stake, I, I transferred some of the, the Dogecoin that I, that I mined into Bitcoin through Cripsy <laughs> that still existed at the time and bought some Bitcoin so that I could pay them uh, the, the, the Bitcoin for his stake. Um, so I made sure that we were both on this, what they called the final stakeholder list, which was a, a Google document um, that still exists. You can still find my name and my son's name on there. Uh, the final stakeholder list. Everybody on that list was supposed to get coins. So when you said there was this list and, and this Google Doc, um, and we'll, we'll post it in the show notes if, if, if you can find it. Yeah. Um, uh, so m- I guess my question is automatically like, this is just a, a normal person in cryptocurrency, like for me. Like, don't you think it's it's on the guy who had sock puppets? Well, so when he got found out for having sock puppets, he got kicked out basically, and some other people kind of took over. And who, who are those people? Um, they're still anonymous, as far as I know. Uh, I think, anonymous on Bitcoin Talk? Uh, like nobody. Like I don't know what their real names are. They they have aliases. Uh, I think. Bloody Rookie, uh, Jaguar0625, and Gimwar or what or something. There's there's somebody named Cody Toon, Cody Tycoon, Cod, Cod Tycoon, um, uh, Jabo38. That's Jeff McDonald. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, Lon Wong was there, I think, at the beginning too. Um, I'm I'm not sure. What, what aliases point to which people and the developers are still anonymous um, but they kind of took over but they kept that final stakeholder list because they kind of took over the project um, so when when they had this list you were still on it I was I was still on the list and then so tell us what happened from the point that you were on the list to the point that you weren't on the list or the list got removed so um, Originally, it was supposed to be a fork of NXT, but... And, and tell us what NXT is real quick. NXT, it was another blockchain. They have um, uh, an asset exchange, an on-chain asset exchange, I think. Um, it's, it was pretty cool. It was a, one of the first proof-of-stake coins, I think. Uh, or, like, it was the, one of the first big proof-of-stake proof of coins. And NEM was going to be a, a fork of NXT, Uh at some point, a few months later, after I'd already signed up, 
they decided, no, we're not going to fork NXT. We're going to write our own code from scratch. And, and the NIM Foundation said that? Uh, NIM Foundation didn't exist at the time. It was just these guys on Bitcoin Talk, and there was no code yet. There, was there a website or anything like that, or is just all like a Reddit community? It, it, well, it was on Bitcoin Talk, but um, yeah, there was. I don't know if they had a website. They might have had a Facebook. Uh, I don't think they had a website yet. And this is all still in 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so and then what happened after that point? When, when did you find out like they're not using the list? So um, there was some kind of thing that development was taking a lot longer than than expected, and some people got really uh, impatient with their development timeline. They did this thing saying that some people could sell their Bitcoin talk stakes for an NXT asset and then let them trade it on the market before there was any code on the blockchain. And around this time, I was like, I don't even know how long this development's going to take. I've got this business that's Actually, I, I was working at the time for a, a 3D printing startup, and it was I, my time was was kind of split on that and some other things. I was running a makerspace as well. I had I had some other projects, um, other patents that I was working on. I'm an inventor, um, so I didn't feel like it was even possible for me to keep up with thousands of pages of Bitcoin talk threads of impatient people and de- and and debates about the timelines that were never ever set in stone at all um, so I kind of lost track of it I think we have to move over so let's uh, move over real quick okay yeah here we'll take our chairs I didn't mean to come right when you got up. <laughs> we just moved because they, they moved. Okay. Oh, I guess you can't go through there. Here, you want to sit on the other side? Sure. So can, sure. Do it that way. I think this, yeah, this moves up. Cool. This works. So, where did you leave off? I totally don't remember. Uh... There was the NXT Asset Exchange thing. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll just pick up from, from that point. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so you, you were telling us that, um, and I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we had to move. We're here at South By right now, by the way. Um, so we're here at the convention center, and there's a line, and people are waiting, but it's really not a quiet place at South By. <laughs> this is the quietest place we can find right now. Um, so we do apologize for that. Um, but... So let's get back to, you said that you had invested all this money. Uh, it wasn't very much money. How I, much money was it? So uh, at the time, I got my stake for doing... Here, something. let me start that up. Okay, so we're at a point now in the story where you said that you purchased a NIM, you, you were on the list, they switched to different people, and then now... You're one. You're, you you got you got busy with your your, your day yeah, job lost, and stuff like that. You lost track of the project, and then now you're. Now tell us what's going on. Okay, so so uh, yeah, I kind of lost track of the project. I had other things come up. I was working on some inventions. I sold a patent to a company in Provo that, you know, I was I was working on other other projects at the time. 
Bitcoin talk was, you know, I, I was on this final stakeholder list and I kind of had trust that, that because I was on the final stakeholder list of people that are supposed to get coins, that I would get the coins if they launched. And I didn't have to check back every single day to make sure that they were honoring this, this list, right? I mean, I'm on the list. It's public. My name's there. I'm supposed to get coins, the final stakeholder list, right? Um, so anyway, fast forward a couple of years, um, 2016, which I guess I, find, I found out that it was about a year, year and three months maybe after they launched the, the blockchain. I was looking at Steam, Steam it. Uh, they were like blowing up. So I was checking, I checked CoinMarketCap for the first time in, in quite a while. And I saw NEM there. And it was like in the top 10. And I'm like, damn, I'm supposed to have some of these coins. So I went and like looked back and I found the forum. And the first thing I found was people on the forum saying, hey, how do I, how do I claim my stake? And people, other people responding, oh, sorry, it's too late. You can't get your coins. So, so let's, let's backtrack a little bit because you get a lot there. So my question would be, you didn't watch the project for a year and a half? Is that what you said? Um, maybe about a year, but it was like, it was a Bitcoin talk thread. There were maybe 10 pages being created every day. There was no way that you could follow that unless you were doing it full time. And all you had tied to your stake was just that Google document, and I'm thinking like a Gmail account or something? No, they didn't even have my Gmail. They, they had my Bitcoin Talk username. I don't know. That sounds super scammy. You know, I, that was what they wanted, and that's what I gave them. There was no really w- real way to like give them any other information. If they did any research on me, I mean, I linked to my Twitter like the tweet, like in my, in my proof that I actually tweeted, I sent a link and it linked to my Twitter. So they could have had my Twitter if they had tried to give me my stake. So how many people were, were affected by this? How many people were on that, that stakeholder list? Um, so originally it was supposed to be 4,000, um, through some of the posts on their own forum, I found out maybe there were like 1700 total. And then um, a bunch of people, like about 500 people didn't get their stakes. They're, they had these rounds of sock puppet removals where they were really strict about if, if multiple people signed up for accounts from the same IP address, like four guys living in a dorm room at a university, like this was one of the stories that I, that I heard about, um, they wouldn't get their stakes because they all signed up from the same IP address, even though it was four guys living in a dorm room. So they were, they were really trying to keep as many coins as they could. They were trying to do everything they could to stop people from reclaiming the stakes. It, it seemed to me because essentially they just kept the coins. If they didn't have to give the coins out, they kept them. So what do you think they did with all that money that they first, first got? How much do you think it was then? Um, I think I remember seeing that they raised like 63 Bitcoin. Okay. And at the time, how much was it worth? Uh, it wasn't worth that much. I think it was like Maybe less than ten thousand dollars. I don't. Okay. I don't know exactly. And and so how much? How many coins were you supposed to end up with? Um, originally, the thing said a million, but when they actually launched 
when people were, re- were actually redeeming their stakes, uh, it was $2.25 million. So you were supposed to get $2.25 million worth of NEM? Yeah, $2.25 million ZEM. Uh, for each so, of the so, so, so with me and my son, it was four and a half million. So you're supposed to get four and a half million of NEM. Yeah. And there was a total of how many people? Um, there were supposed to be four thousand people, uh, but I don't. I think only seventeen hundred people actually got their stakes. And how, what's the total market cap for NEM? Um, right now, I think it's about three hundred and eighty million. And what's the total coin supply? Uh, Nine billion coins. Okay. So, you you got you got to you got to deliver me the the proof. I need the I need the thread first off. Like everything that, I'm, that you're telling me, I haven't I haven't looked at. I can link but, to but, every, but 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 send me the link of the Bitcoin talk and then the Bitcoin talk thread, the original one that you're talking about, yeah, yeah. and then send me the link of the Google document. Yeah, I think those two things are like the the proof that uh, this actually did happen. Yeah, I have I have all that stuff is public on Bitcoin talk and the Google doc is public. Unless, I mean, I don't have right access to it. So I, whoever, whoever is in control of it right now, they could delete it. I don't know if, if I, I don't have control to do, to do that. The, the NEM forum, they're, they're probably going to delete some of the, they could delete some of the posts on their own forums, which is where I got a lot of the information about where the stakes went and, and why they, their excuse for not redeeming them is it was volunteer work and nobody wanted to continue doing it. So they just stopped. But They've got lots of resources now, and back in twenty seven, back in the, you know, January of twenty eighteen, those coins were worth a lot. Oh yeah, I know. I remember them going up to like ninety three cents, right? Or did it go more higher than that? Two dollars a piece. Yeah, that that was how much would that have been worth to you? Nine million dollars. Gosh, I, I will say one thing, and and this is totally on you. I will say this for sure. Yeah. First off. You never, and these are probably my listeners listening, you never want to invest in something that shady from the get-go. I, I will say that. That's me personally, and that's why I always tell my listeners. Second thing, whatever you invest in, um, this is not even investing advice. I don't give investing advice. I've never done. But when it comes to myself, like, I follow the crap out of whatever project that I'm doing, you know, um, all the time. I think, I think where you... Miss had a misstep was not following the project for that year. Um, yeah, I, that was that was a mistake on my part. But in my defense, I trusted that they would honor that list that I was on, and I can't. Im- I, I figured that one of two possibilities would happen: they would launch and they'd honor the list, or they would say, "Oh, we failed," and they'd go away. It's this weird situation where they succeeded, they launched the coin, and then they act like assholes. So, so when you when you heard about that it went up to two dollars, were you already following it previous to that, or when did you kind of? Um, so I found out about it when I saw it on Bitcoin or on uh, on um, Coin Market Cap uh, in 2016. And I made some posts on their forums. Um, so I was kind of following it off and on um, because they were just being real jerks about it, um, basically telling everybody that, nope, sorry, it's too late. And I was threatening lawsuits at that time. Um, but there was, no, there was no organization to sue. It was just these anonymous devs. 
I don't know where they're located. I, I, there's no real, any real recourse. They started this foundation, the NEM Foundation, based in Singapore. And I was, I was kind of happy about that because it finally gave me somebody to sue. Uh, but it's in Singapore. I can't really... I'm not going to go there and I don't have lawyers there. I just, it's, it's expensive to file a lawsuit in another country. Um, so, uh, when NEM started skyrocketing in late, uh, 2017, uh, I started calling lawyers here in the U S to find out what I could do. They basically told me that unless there's somebody here that I can sue, uh, there's not really much I can do. Yeah, and, and then it's it's also one of those things to where like just looking at it from just a like a crypto mindset would be like it happened on a forum and you always hear crazy stories from the big Bitcoin talk forums. Like I hear like this is not the first story I've ever heard about something like similar to this, but you, you hear a lot of crazy stories just going on. Well, there were happened. a lot of there were a lot of scams, there were a lot of shit coins, there were a lot of people saying, Oh, we're gonna launch this project and then they take all the all the money and just run away and disappear. And it was pretty easy to launch a coin at the time there were websites where you could just like type in a name and they'd they'd uh, fork bitcoin for you and uh you, you could make your own coin that way there were lots of ways to to scam people um i did believe in that the project at the start because of the way that they were distributing it there really hadn't been airdrops before um this was kind of before um the one aurora coin dro- airdropped to iceland this was kind of before that um and so I really thought that it could do something. Uh, and that's why I, that's why I did... And it, and it wasn't really very expensive to support it at the beginning. They, they weren't asking a lot. They were, were asking for exposure or a small amount of Bitcoin. And they, they seemed altruistic. You know, it didn't seem like a big money grab. But as soon as the coin started to have value, as soon as people started trading it, trading the... the uh, NEM stake asset on NXT, it started going up. And when they launched the blockchain, each of those stakes was worth like a few thousand dollars, I think. Um, and so then they were like, oh, well, these are valuable. We don't want to give them out. I think that maybe was their mindset uh, at the time why they didn't want to give out those stakes to people and keep them all from themselves for themselves. Yeah, that's having... It, it, it's it's a crazy story. I, I mean, so these days, how many people are you still, I guess, talking with that kind of feel the same way you do? Uh, so I've met a few people on uh, Reddit that have had that had had the same same situation. There's a guy in England who's actually a lawyer in England that had the same situation happen with his his NIM stake from Bitcoin Talk. I think. Um, he showed me a letter that he he got from the NEM Foundation uh, stating their response that the NEM Foundation has nothing to do with these, this money. It didn't even exist at the time. Uh, and um, and then some other people, when I, so I followed them around the country a few times. First, the first, my first interaction with them in, in person was uh, in uh, California, in L.A., I went out to an event, and there's actually some videos of this interaction on my on my YouTube channel. Wait, so you went out to California? Oh, so, so, so you wait, you went out to California, and you did what? I I wanted to confront Jeff McDonald, who was at the time the vice president of the NEM Foundation. Um, 
he was talking about NEM. And this whole event was, it was at University of California, Irvine. Um, and I wanted to, in person, ask him what the deal was with my coins. So NIM wallet, search for NIM wallet. I will give you 10 Zim. Um, yeah, make a, download the app, make a wallet, make a password, create an account. Once you've created an account, come show me your phone and I'll airdrop some Zim on you for coming today. Thank you. I have, I have a yeah, question, question first. Um, you, you talk, my name is John Fenley, Hi, by the way. Um, uh, you had talked a little bit about trust in the NIM. In the NEM blockchain, yes. yes, it is very important. Yes. And so I have, I have a question. Um, what would you say to someone like me who supported the coin at the very beginning on mm. Bitcoin Talk, mm. but never got their coins? Mm. Um, so this is a difficult switch situation, right? And yes, it is. Can you tell me why you didn't get your coins? I had other things come up. Okay. And I wasn't watching Bitcoin Talk all the time. There were some private messages that came through that said, don't click on suspicious links. And then one of the, the other links to claim the coins said, click on this weird link and ignore the SSL warning to get your to, get, to register. So there were some, some things. And uh, I never got my coins. And somebody has them. They still exist, right? Um, so They exist. Uh, look, you... <laughs> This is a complex, I don't know if this venue is the best one, the best venue to do this, but I'd be more than happy to talk to you in private about it. Um, I, I think what John's talking about is there's a complicated issue where some people were uh, given coupons and they didn't redeem their coupons for uh, getting coins. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we should talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and see, and uh, you know, I I welcome you to be a part of the NIM community. It looks like you're doing awesome stuff. It really, it, I want to, I want to, sure. I want to support you guys. Mm -hmm. I want to see this succeed. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're doing awesome stuff. Yep. 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 But yep. I, I at this hard. point, I can't. But I hope to in the future. Well, sure, sure, sure. So let's talk about it. Yep. All right. Thank you. Anybody else have any questions? Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that was it. Sorry. <laughs> I flew in here from Utah to, to ask you this question because I found out you were here. So. Sure, sure, sure. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. Yes. Um, so I waited till everything was done, and then he'd mentioned something about trust. The, the, the videos, the videos on my on my YouTube. Um, I basically asked him. You know, you said trust was important. What would you say to somebody that? supported the coin on Bitcoin Talk, but never got their coins. And he started like hemming and hawing and, uh, it's a complicated situation. Let's talk afterwards. This maybe this isn't the right place to talk about it. Well, anyway, uh, after, afterwards, uh, I go and talk to him. I have a recording of this whole conversation as well. Um, afterwards he's saying, well, we don't think that you really have a right to those coins because you never had the private key. And... Uh, I was comparing it to the coin check hack that had just barely happened. And I was like, well, how do you justify that you kept those coins? It's basically like stealing, stealing the coins from people. Um, and that was their excuse, that I never had the keys. Um, so they re weren't really mine. But, you know, if, if that was the, the way exchanges worked, you know, you, you buy coins on an exchange, you don't have the key. They... You trust the exchange to, to hold your coins for you. 
you, like I trusted them to be the custodian of these coins until I claimed them. Um, so anyway, that was my first interaction, uh, basically calling Nam a shit coin and yelling at him uh, on the campus of University of California, Irvine. So did you get kicked out there too? Oh yeah, the police came. Jeff McDonald, who controls them? Who controls all the NIM? They are held by the foundation and the trust. Who? Who? Who are the devs? Who's Jaguar? Who's Pat Master? Who are they? Who's Utopian Future? Who are the devs? Who has control of my coins? Who? Who, who has my coins? 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 Are you trustworthy or not? Nobody can trust them. There's Jeff McDonald right there. Cheated people. The NAM Foundation and the NAM Trust, controlled by shadow people that nobody knows the names of. He's got a face right there. Jeff McDonald, VP of a shit coin, a scam that scammed me. Scammed me out of my coins. What's the difference? What's the difference, Jeff, between your coin and a scam shit coin? What's the difference? What's the difference, Jeff? What is the difference? Honestly, the devs disappear and take the coins? Who? Who has the coins? Who has the coins? Who has my coins? Who has my coins, Jeff? There's a dispute over some stolen cryptocurrency. I'm a representative from blockchain at UCI. We're hosting a campus organization. Uh-huh. Uh, open people based on tickets we sell on Eventbrite and students admitted free. Uh-huh. Um, our guest here, Jeff McDonald, uh, was giving a presentation on a blockchain protocol and we had someone fly out from Utah accusing the company of stealing money from him and he's now harassing us all the way to the back of the individual's car. So we've asked him multiple times to leave stop the verbal and, you know, somewhat physical in terms of standing in our way type of harassment. And okay. Kids with okay. All right. You guys stand over there. You guys go. Go. He's leaving. He he has, okay. he has four, $2 million worth of my cryptocurrency. Okay. That gentleman over there okay. who is not in the country very often. All right. He's All walking right. away. He's walking away hey, right now. I need you guys to stay. All of you stay. He's walking away. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is it okay if I check it for anything? Do you have yes. Weapons or anything? No, I don't have any weapons. No. My name is John Fenley. Okay, I understand. Yep. Gosh, man. Oh my god. <laughs> so when 
So let's go back to that when you talked to him. Did he just blow you off? How long did you talk to him for? Um, I talked to him for just a couple of minutes before he basically said, oh, sorry, man, you got a coupon and the coupon expired. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. I want my coins. I don't want the damn coupon. Yeah. Um, so when he said coupon, were you supposed to redeem it between that one year that you weren't watching so, it? So they did, they did send. So all they had was my Bitcoin talk address. And there was a, 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 a private message in the Bitcoin talk uh, inbox that had like a little uh, string of random characters, a little token that I was supposed to log on to a website and redeem. And, and they had some server set up to, to, to automate the process or something. And that's how they were tracking which IP addresses signed up from, you know, they were tracking how many keys were claimed from IP, different IP addresses to, to eliminate sock puppets and things. Um, so that was in my inbox when I, when I logged in afterwards to, to find it. So you didn't, you didn't do that? No, I didn't see that. I didn't see those things in my inbox. I, the computer that I was using at the time to mine Doge and, and access Bitcoin talk and Cripsy and all those, and the mining pools that I was using and and all those, all those things from that time. When I, when I stopped doing crypto stuff, I took the hard drive out of that machine. All my passwords, everything was stored on that hard drive. I had to use password recovery to log back into Bitcoin talk. That hard drive is still I don't. I don't want to touch that hard drive. There's keys and stuff on it. I, it's offline. It's offline right now. So um, I didn't log into Bitcoin Talk until until after the fact. So it, so were there some people that logged into Bitcoin Talk at that time and were able to, you know, provide this token? Uh, I guess it was probably just like a SHA two fifty six something. Yeah. And then perhaps. and and then were they able to get their NEM or no? Yes, they were. Oh, okay. Well, so they did give out the NEM then. Well, they gave out this token that you had to use to log into their server and, and, and then redeem. give them and redeem. But there was no expiration date listed. There was no, nothing that says... Originally. At any point. In, in, in the Bitcoin talk uh, things, that the private messages, there was nothing that ever said, you must do this by a certain date. It was just, here's your token, log into the website and get it. Okay, so if you go to the website now, it's, I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's not there. It's offline. But how long was it up there for? Uh, there's no way for me to know at this point. What, what, I mean, how many years ago was it up there for? Like, from what dates? Do you know, roughly? I mean, I mean, it had to have been up around 2015, early 2015, when they launched the coin. And then it ended? I, there's, there's no way for me to know. Okay, so... I, all I know is that it didn't exist when I tried to do it. Okay, so... Just so we can get to the facts, because it sounds like we're getting there. Yeah. So they did give out some kind of coupon code, the way you said Jeff McDonald yes. described it, and it was sent to your to your Bitcoin Talk forum box yes. message box. You were supposed to take that token or coupon code, yeah. go to their website, yeah. and then get the coins, get access to your coins. Yes. And some people did do that, yes. but you weren't able to do that because you were busy with regular life. Yeah. Is that pretty much some as well? That, that's, that's pretty much accurate, yeah. So you said that you did say, though, that there was no expiration date on the initial place. There was, so when I signed up, there was no timeline for development. They were still going to fork NXT. Um, the, the leadership changed, and there was never any date ever given of when things needed to be done by. It was just like, oh, you'd be, just be patient. 
be patient. Okay. So, so it sounds like to me, and I'm totally not trying to be sarcastic or anything. It sounds like to me that if you were paying attention, you would have gotten your coins. Yeah, probably. Man, dude, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it really pissed me off. Okay. So I, I think I think we kind of figured it out. I mean, I, I can see. To me, I, I'm not I'm not a judge or anything, but I can see both party both parties at fault. I mean, they did they did end up giving out the coins to the people that that initially signed up, but it wasn't in your time frame or you weren't paying attention. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that comment? So um, there are certain definitions and reasons for certain things in law. In order to call something unclaimed, you need to make an attempt to, 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 to let that person know, right? And yeah, they, they kind of did a little bit. They sent me some messages in Bitcoin Talk, but they never gave a deadline. Never in any messages that were directed at me was there any deadline. And the, the time period for claiming something, uh, like if, if I have a, if you have an account balance at a, at a utility or something, and they can't contact you, they're not allowed to keep what they took from you. If, it, if, it's, if they're gonna call it unclaimed, they have to give it over to a custodian. They're not allowed to profit from that. So like that's why states have unclaimed property laws um, because you know there's probably a reason for it. Back in the day, people were probably pulling this shit all the time and they had to make laws to prevent people from profiting from calling something unclaimed because if, if they're the ones in charge of calling it unclaimed, they're not going to even try to find you. They're just going to keep it. Yeah, I know. I know. I've had, I've had family members in the past that have, um, yeah, like you said, they claim and they find out they own property from a distant relative or something, or then they have all this money. Like I've, I've known people that that's happened to, but I think crypto is just too new for us to even have that yet. Well, yeah, but laws are not new and Though, I, I believe those laws about unclaimed things should apply in this situation. Um, a gift certificate in the United States cannot expire in under five years. If you get a $5 gift certificate to Walmart, they must honor it for at least five years. And with NEM, that, that coupon that they sent me in, in Bitcoin Talk, it was like something like eight months and it was gone. Yeah, I mean it. It's a crazy story. I will tell you, like, never heard this story before, and I feel like I watch the crypto space pretty closely. Um, Nem is very good at silencing their uh, detractors. Why do you say that? Um, I've been banned from every, from their subreddit and all their Telegram channels. Uh, they've banned me from their Twitter. They blocked me from their Twitter accounts. Um, any anybody that has any sort of opposition to them. They, they, they call them out on, on their Twitter. If anybody detracts from their coin, they'll block them and call them Pontifier, which is my alias online. The, Wait, so we'll say that again? My, my alias online is Pontifier, and other people have, have logged in to Twitter and asked the same question about the unclaimed stakes, and they're like, oh, this is Pontifier again, like pretending to be somebody else, and like, th- 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 I'm, I'm actually well-known enough. I've been trolling them for a while, uh, attacking their blockchain. Um, uh, they they accuse anybody that asks for their stakes of being me. So has anybody received their stakes that didn't follow their guidelines when they sent out the message? 
So apparently, this is what I pieced together, the steak redemption was only was going to last a week. And like nobody, nobody claimed it. So they had this extended redemption period that lasted eight months. So, so originally they had one deadline. And then because it was so short and too many people were upset, they, they extended it. They pushed the deadline. I never, I never found out ever when the last person claimed their stake because there was no deadline ever published. And so, so no one outside of that deadline ever got their name. Yeah, the, the arbitrary deadline that still has not had a specific date published, even though it's obviously in the past. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. No, nobody after that date has gotten their coins, as far as I know. And that's an unfortunate situation. Yeah. It really is. Um, I, I, one, I can see both sides, and this is where I always have trouble with when it comes to stuff like this. Like, I can see your side. I can empathize with it. I, I know what that somewhat feels like, but not really to that amount of money. But I can also see their side, too, like trying to do the right thing, trying to, you know, give people an opportunity to do it. Um, and then, But I can also see their side, too. Like, that was a different foundation back then. That was something completely different. That was a different blockchain project, probably. You said it was a, it was made by anonymous people probably before they were even organized. Those, those same people that kept the coins still have them. It's the same key holders. It's the same developers that still have all the coins. Yeah. So when we talked yesterday, um, last night, you had mentioned that because of this, you're not into crypto anymore. Yeah, I don't hold anything. And is it just because of this? Um, it's not just because of this, but this plays a major role. I, I really don't have any faith that that crypto is as decentralized as people say. Basically, well, NEM is closed source right now. Their public chain is closed source, which is a red flag right there. But there are a lot of things that I don't like about crypto um, and some things that I do. Uh, I haven't seen a compelling uh, argument that crypto is needed. Uh, a, a lot of the original arguments, decentralization, lack of censorship, uh, those kinds of things, uh, there are only certain people that need those things. The normal financial markets seem to be doing okay without Bitcoin. It seems to me like the, the people that own a lot of cryptocurrency are the people that want it to succeed because they own a lot. If you don't own any crypto, you have no reason to see it succeed. So it's it's the whales that are keeping crypto alive. That's an interesting angle, and it's not the first I've ever heard of that. Um, I can totally see it. But what about what do you say to the people that do this for a different reason that that think this can change the world? Well, I believe that something like this will change the world. But right now, um, so one of the main problems that I have with cryptocurrency is that I'd like to see a system that my children and grandchildren can be full participants in. Uh, it, it shouldn't overwhelmingly reward the early adopters. It shouldn't matter when you adopt it. It should give you a benefit if you adopt it five years from now, 10 years from now. It, if It should supply a benefit to you uh, at that point in time. Uh, but don't you think like in society just throughout history that it's always been that way though people who mine gold early 
people that created the form, the first banks, and then you had, you know, the uh, J.P. Morgans of of the world uh, back in the 1900s that were able to establish the Federal Reserve and get a lot of their friends and other bankers to kind of cooperate, you know, in in doing that. Don't you think it's always been that way, though? Um, yeah, probably. So so how is so it seems like Bitcoin was supposed to shake things up, but it ends up being the same as everything else. Do you feel like it's it's a better version of than what we have now? I mean, like if you look at fiat right now, like just we have like I don't know how many different type of currencies around the world. It's just ridiculous. We have the same amount of crypto, but you know a lot of them don't have value. But at least with Bitcoin, there's a possibility that more fair playing field than it would be if we keep continuing with the way we have things now. I, I don't think the cryptocurrency. Uh, playing field is is level at this point. It's it's way too heavily skewed. If you adopted early, you benefited a lot. If you haven't adopted yet, there's no incentive for you. So you're not holding anything right now. You're not holding any Bitcoin. Nothing. You you don't follow it anymore at all. Uh, not really. The only the only reason I ever buy any cryptocurrency now is so that I can spam the Nem blockchain uh, with uh, with with tokens and and try to attack them. I uh, I created a token. Uh, Pontifier fuck the shit coin to the ground and I sent it to everybody on the NEM blockchain oh my god do you feel like there, there could be a better way of doing things uh, well nobody at NEM has been willing to even even discuss this but don't you think it's because you're going about it the wrong way I tried I tried to ask nicely and the response I got was basically screw you. So, I mean, I could take them to court. I've been to court hundreds of times. Nobody never, nobody ever knows what's going to happen when you go to court. The judge can be biased. You can have the best legal argument in the world. If they have better lawyers, they're going to win. And at the time, uh, NEM had a billion dollars, it seemed. They, 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 when, I, when I started looking at legal options in uh, 20, late 2017, early 2018, they, the coin was worth so much money and they had billions of coins. They had billions of coins worth $2 a piece. There was no way that I could win a legal battle against them. And so my cheapest, best option was to try to expose the truth, basically show these people can't be trusted. If you trust them to, to keep their word and honor agreements, they're not going to do it. Getting the truth out there seems to be, in my opinion, the best way to to harm them. And and so we we found out recently, like the the NEM Foundation ended up. Um, uh, I think, oh gosh, I don't know if they like shut down or if they fired some people exactly. Did you hear about that in the news? Yeah, I was following that. I I uh, so they they were basically bankrupt because the previous man, the previous president. And council. Who's like, Jeff McDonald? You said. Oh, uh, Jeff McDonald was the vice president, um, and Lon Wong was the president. Um, but they mismanaged the funds or something, and and they ran out completely. Um, they had like a month worth of runway left when Alexander Tinsman took over in January. Uh, so they were basically out of funds. So they had to ask the community for to for more funding, which is basically the funds that they kept from the stakeholders. Uh, they had a vote um, 
using the on-chain NEM voting module, uh, it passed, and they got 210 million ZEM, uh, worth about like $8 million uh, in funding approved. Um, yeah. So did, when, when you hear something like that, does that pain you? Yeah, it does. Why does it pain you for? <sighs> there was a point in 2018 when the people at NEM had a golden opportunity. They really had an opportunity, and I, I couldn't make them see it. There were 500 people out there that were on the stakeholder list. NEM was worth $2 a coin. They could have tried to find some of those people, and it would have been the best news ever. Can you imagine the headlines? NEM Foundation seeks out stakeholders, and it's like, it's like the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. They could, have, they could have sought these people out and given them the coins. They had the coins. They're, they're, they still have the coins. They're sitting there. They're sitting in, a, in, in accounts right now that are controlled by the developers. They didn't do anything with those coins. And they missed an opportunity to make NAM this shining example of what a blockchain foundation could be, giving people their rightful asset. Yeah. I know I, I see that I, I see that it being I mean, that would have made it headlines yeah awarding 500 different people that missed out you know, millions of dollars each of crypto that would they, they would have instantly gotten such goodwill and they missed it I, I the people behind them are just absolute idiots they're greedy idiots gosh um so, so these days, I mean, what are you doing? Like, um, I, I know, I know that you're going to all their speakings because you were there yesterday. Um, but like, I don't think you can continue this like long term. How long are you looking to do this for? Um, I don't know if it's healthy either. Well, like mentally and, <laughs> and like, you know, just as a, just being a human, like it's not good for your soul. Yeah. Um, but I'm tired of being kicked around. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of seeing people that cheat other people succeed. And, and the thought of the people behind NEM going out and talking to people and saying, oh, NEM is so great. NEM is so great. You can use this tech and run your business on it. NEM is so great. Whatever. I know they're not. And I can't stand when people that, are, that act that way are, 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 have the, have the, they have no shame. They have no shame. I, if I cheated people like that, I wouldn't show my face in public. They should be ashamed to show their face in public. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and like, the, like the audience listening right now, like just from his face, you can tell he's, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty upset about this. Um, so, I'm going to ask a question again. How long do you think you can keep this up? I've kind of made it my mission to either get my coins or destroy them. And when you say destroy, <laughs> you don't mean violence, right? I don't mean violence. I mean... Can you say that again? I do not mean violence. I have Towards NEM. I have never threatened violence towards NEM or anybody 
associated with them. There's no violence. This is destruction of their reputation, rightful destruction of their reputation. Uh, and their tech is terrible, honestly. I've been spamming their network and taking down nodes, and I try to try to use their voting module. I dare you. Uh, their tech is terrible. The, everybody associated with it is corrupt to the core, I believe. And, and they really shouldn't be in business. Nobody should buy NEM. Nobody should have anything to do with NEM. And I would like to see them gone. I don't want to see them in coin mar- on coin market cap at all. I'd like to see them pulled from every exchange. You know, it's it's interesting that you know I'm I'm a big believer in you know what you put out into the world is what you're going to get back, right? So yeah. I, I've seen it happen in my life, um, just me personally, and I've been seeing people around me, you know, and um, yeah, usually when people do bad things, it doesn't turn out good. Could you ever get the satisfaction of just knowing that? Uh, of knowing that they failed? Well, no, no, just knowing that all this work that you're doing, it's not needed because people who do these sorts of things, it ends up coming back to them tenfold. And I've seen it happen in my life. I don't know. Do you you ever think you could get that kind of satisfaction? Of seeing somebody else take them down? No, no, no. I mean, like, knowing that karma will, will take care of people like that. I don't believe in karma. If somebody cheats you, you need to, like, let the world know. Okay. That's fair. Um, so what are you doing these days? Like, I know you said that you're an inventor and stuff like that. And what kind of stuff are you working on? So um, right now, so my family business is real estate. We own a lot of real estate in Utah. That's how I am able to afford. You going to put it on the NIM blockchain? Huh? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I, do have, I do have plans for another real estate uh, token. That's actually why I flew out to the Netherlands uh, to that complimentary currency convention. What, 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 uh, what project are you going to put it on? Um, it might need to be its own thing. It, it, it would be centralized. It needs to be centralized. I need to be able... It, it needs to be mutable, actually. Don't be like Anakin and <laughs> and hate what you become. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So so I believe that... I don't believe that centralization is bad. If you... Like, well, you just said centralization was bad right now. You just said that. It's, it's bad when they lie about it. <laughs> you know? Well, why, why create a blockchain anyway? Why not just do it all centralized? Like... Just use AWS, create a regular, I don't know, uh, Oracle database. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, a lot of companies do that right now, and they succeed. If you have a benevolent dictator, that's the best kind of government, right? So, so you're basically telling me that you want to create your own token. I hope you don't name Pontifier because it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, you want to create your own token. You, you want to put real estate on the blockchain. But there's a lot of places or a lot of projects that are trying to do that right they're now. It, they're all doing it wrong. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I feel like there's a couple, and I don't want to name drop them just because uh-huh. it sounds like I'm shilling, but there's a couple of them that I've, that I've heard of that sound like they're doing a pretty good job at it uh, from what I could tell. I don't know. I haven't never talked to them, but looks legit online. But then again, you have to verify that stuff, right? Yeah. But um, how is yours going to be different? Uh, so um, I've done a lot of real estate. I've had a lot of experience with real estate. My plan uh, came to me when I was trying to figure out how to how to make a specific real estate deal happen, and I realized... I had a clear property that I would have to sell in order to buy this other piece of property that was for sale. And me trying to find a buyer for that piece of property was going to be impossible in the time frame that I had to do it. So I came up with this, this new paradigm in basically eliminating the two-party marketplace for real estate. 
if you use uh, a crypto asset that algorithmically appraises a piece of property, uh, you can generate the cryptocurrency to pay a seller instantly without them having to find a buyer. The currency is created and the property now goes and is unowned. And anybody with cryptocurrency, the right amount of cryptocurrency, can burn that cryptocurrency to gain title to that property. But couldn't, I'm not just saying that from what I've heard right now, but couldn't I just say, create the same blockchain as you, uh, create these tokens, buy my own property, like not, that's not in, in crypto, throw crypto towards a property that I already own and then just rake in the cash that way? Like, so, so most of the tokenization things that I've seen are we'll sell the tokens, use that use that money that we raised from the token sale to buy real estate and do real estate. But how are you going to how are you going to verify that that it how are you going to verify that the money that was used for the tokens to purchase the real estate is was not previously purchased from the per- person putting it up for sale? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not quite following. So that logic. So. Say I own a piece of real estate, yes. right? Yes. And it's, say it's worth like, I don't know, a million dollars or something. Yes. And we raise $2 million and we purchase the real estate for $2 million, but it's only worth a million. Oh, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you stop either yourself or people from like basically paying more than what it's actually so, worth? So the secret sauce to, to the, the system is algorithmic appraisals that, that appraise based on... Uh, uh, obje- objective characteristics of the property. So square footage, um, it, you know, what type of roof, what type of plumbing, when was, when was everything last updated, you know? It, and I, I feel like you could almost use a drone and use AI to like fly through and like calculate a lot of this stuff um, and, and do it all algorithmically. And then another thing that you're going to run into, and this is, this is another angle that I see that you could rip people off, is by real estate agent. So like a real estate agent makes however many thousand dollars per whatever that they, they sell the property for. Who's going to be that real estate agent? And hang on a second. And how do we know that that's not you or somebody that you know that's keeping all that money for the closing? So essentially it will be me. It'll be the centralized company. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, So you're basically making money off of people's back then. You're, you're doing the same thing. Not really because we... We don't have to make money that way. But no, you are going to make money that way regardless, though. You don't see that? It will be transparent. Just because it's centralized doesn't mean it's not transparent. What you should do, the right way to do it, would be take that money from the closing and give it back to the stakeholders. Um, So that might be a way to do it. Um, There's... there's Because no one's going to give you... No one's going to give you that extra closing... No one's going to either want to pay the closing costs or they're going to want a piece of that pie too as well. So there are feedback mechanisms that I thought about for, for refining the algorithm over time uh, so that it's, it's more fair. And, and, and honestly, the company doesn't need to make money off the sale prices. It can make money when a piece of property is unowned. It can rent those properties out and find it fun. Yeah, there's a lot there. of millionaires out there that are doing real estate that make money from closing. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that you're gonna you're gonna hear that. My mom's a real estate broker. I, I know all about real estate. Yeah, stuff. we just have to be more accurate than the six percent uh, friction that's there currently. I'm just saying that's that's a problem that you're gonna run into, yeah. and and you might have your own pontifier on your hands <laughs> if you, if well, people have that kind of well, thinking. So I like to think that I have integrity, 
And if somebody came to me with a problem, I really would. So what would you say somebody that, that came with that problem to you? Uh, I would try to make it right. I would, I would, I would look at their situation and I'd try to make it right. I don't want to be on the perpetrating side of, of cheating somebody. If, if, if there's somebody out there that feels cheated by me, come talk to me. I'll try to do what I can. I, I don't want to be cheating somebody. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I'm sorry to, to grew you there. I just, I, I gotta, I gotta ask these questions because if I'm noticing it, then I'm sure somebody listening yeah. is noticing it too. Um, so that's what you want to do. You want to create your own you know, kind of real estate platform and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've got some other inventions, patents. I've got like four different patents that what I kind of patents do you have. So I have one on a process for um, storing and digitizing physical media that I sold to a company called VidAngel. It's just been sued by Warner Disney uh, Fox. Wait, so, wait, wait. So what, what does it do? What is the? What is it? <laughs> you, you can look up VidAngel. It's the whole thing. But, but no, what is it though? What is it? Uh, so they were storing physical media, ripping it, and providing the owner's access. Um, that's, that's basically my invention. I sold them the patent. Um, I still have a license to use it. I'm still thinking about trying to launch it. Maybe, uh, they, they, they basically got sued by, uh, major movie studios and, uh, they just, they let Wednesday is when I found out they lost in court. So you, so you kind of, uh, bilaterally, is that a word? <laughs> uh, took down, a, took down a company. <laughs> Uh, uh, I thought they'd win. I still think they'll win. They, they raised $10 million on the idea to take it to the Supreme Court. I, I hope they win. I don't know, Pontifier. I feel like we're, we're finding out a, a trend here. <laughs> I, I lose in court a lot. So tell us about your other patents. Um, I have a patent for a, a method of 3D printing that uh, will be thousands of times faster than anything that exists right now. Um, I have a patent on a machine uh, that... I worked on with somebody. They're also co-inventor on it. Um, they they want to keep it kind of private, uh, um, so I don't really. I, I just I just mention it that it's a machine that I worked on with them. And then my last invention, which is partly the reason why I got so upset at Nam, is, is what is a fusion reactor. I have a I have. A, Wait, they were going to invent a fusion reactor? What are you talking about? So uh, I have a design for a fusion reactor that I need to build and test. If I had gotten my coins from them, I would have been able to build my prototype. Okay, and you, when you say a fusion reactor, that sounds really sci-fi. It sounds cool as fuck, but like, what's, what do you mean by a fusion reactor? I mean exactly what it means. It's a fusion reactor. So what does a fusion reactor do to all the people that don't know what a fusion <laughs> reactor does? Um, uh, if you take uh, hydrogen, deuterium, and, and ram two nuclei together. Okay, explain it like I'm five. Okay, the sun is powered by atoms okay. that collide and give off energy. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, basically, my reactor will do that uh, in a new way. I, I, so you're going to recreate the sun? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but, but, but how would, like, where do you do that at? Like, do you go to... So I have to build it inside an MRI machine. I've got some, I've got a, the patent is available on one of my websites. Um, I have like 80 domains. But, but how, how would you, but like, exp, like really break it down for okay. me? Like, how do you, I mean, I don't want anybody to go out there and go create their own fusion reactor, but like, and steal your idea. But oh, like, do but, 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 no, you want them to do yeah. it? Okay, well, then explain to us how you build a fusion reactor. Okay, so in my fusion reactor, um, for, for anybody that knows physics, I'd, I'd love some feedback on this too. Um, cyclotron motion is, is how particles move in a uniform magnetic field. Uh, positively charged particles will travel in circles in a 
in a uniform magnetic field in two dimensions. In three dimensions, I travel in a helix. Um, the key to this fusion reactor is if you have a point on a plane, on a, like, like a point on a piece of paper, and you think about all the orbits of, of nuclei that could pass through that point, you basically have an infinite number of circles you could draw that go through a single point. So in my fusion reactor, all of the particles in the reactor all try to pass through the same central focus point at the same time. And if they collide and they fuse, they give off energy. If they collide and they don't fuse, they'll still be on orbits that return them back to that focus point again. And how fast is that happening? Um, it would happen really fast. Uh, the, the, the cyclotron frequency, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head what the frequency was going to be for my prototype, but it basically depends on how the strength of the magnetic field and the, the speed of the particles you know, it's, the, the mass of the particles, I guess. You know, it's interesting when you said all that stuff. I was like, I was thinking that movie Primer. Did you ever see that movie Primer? Uh, yeah, where they're, they're building those time travel devices and, yeah, all the squiggles. <laughs> Dude, that's such a badass movie. Like, like it'd be cool, like, if like you saw yourself up there because you, like, invented time travel and it's like there's multiple of you. It's, it's an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that would be awesome. I, I, I would hope to invent time travel at some point in time. So, so, so. Now, now we get into subjects that I like to talk about, and uh-huh. I never talk about it on the podcast just because it's it's all crypto related. But uh-huh. let's talk time travel. Right. What 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 do you think about time travel? What do I think about time travel? Um, I'm not sure that time exists. In what sense? Um, I'm not sure that it exists as an actual dimension that we could travel through. Uh, I feel like the arrow of time is basically just like uh, the arrow of entropy and that that maybe time doesn't necessarily exist as its own thing. It's just things are happening. Um, each, each thing that happens is happening essentially as soon as it can happen. But because of the speed of light, things can only happen so fast. Because, because information can only um, propagate through space uh, at, a, at a certain speed. But, it, you know, it's hard to talk about speeds when you, without talking about time as a thing. But I just don't know that, I don't, I don't know that time travel is possible. Really? Yeah. It's not possible? I don't, I don't know. I don't think it is. So what do you think when people like are saying, like, well, time is happening all at once, past, future, and present, all around us, all the time? So, um, in the quantum physics that I have studied, uh, simultaneity is, is, uh, kind of subjective, um, based on how fast you're traveling and how far apart two points are. One thing that blew my mind, uh, is if you're looking at a star, the light from that star was traveling at the speed of light and essentially experienced no time at all. And because of Lorentz contraction, it also experienced no space at all. So if you look at the universe from the point of view of that photon, the surface of the star is touching your eye. It's not separated in space or time from the perspective of the photon. Wow, that's some, that's some crazy shit to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. I've never heard that before. Yeah. yeah, that was just something that popped out of, you know, 
uh, things traveling at the speed of light. The universe is essentially two-dimensional to a photon. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of like sci-fi and like time travel, and then growing up in the Back to the Future as a oh, kid era. I love sci-fi. My mom had a huge sci-fi collection. I've read so much. Man, I, I feel like like when, like the way like when I grew up, like there's so much good sci-fi. Like I feel like now, eh, sci-fi is a little harder. Like really good sci-fi stuff is really harder to find, especially like in film. Yeah, I think I've exhausted everything on Netflix <laughs> that has anything to do with sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I'll see something on Netflix and I'm like, oh, okay, this starts off pretty cool, cool premise. I love the the graphics, everything looks amazing, and then like the story just sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you still watch it anyway. I still watch it anyway. Uh, I was watching something last night. I forget what it was, but it was ridiculous. Um, what, what was I gonna say? So, okay, let's go back to time travel. So, um, if you had this fusion reactor. What would be its its full purpose? Like, are you are you going to become a supervillain and then <laughs> and then try to take over the I'll world? Use it to mine Bitcoin. Not just kidding. <laughs> like, what would you do? What would you do with it? Um, so, uh, I truly believe that the thing that's holding our, us back as a civilization is is access to unlimited power. Because, I mean, if you look at buildings, they're made out of steel, aluminum. A, a shovel full of dirt has a lot of aluminum in it. If you just had the energy to extract it. You could, you could just take a shovel full of dirt and pull aluminum out of it, right? The resources, the resources that we use, we use as a society are constrained by the cost of power. And if, if, we, if we had an unlimited, unlimited source of power, we could desalinate the oceans. Everybody could have free drinking water. Everybody could have uh, a place to live. Uh, everybody could have food. We could do vertical farming. Like, we could have a better society if we had access to a source of power like that. Don't you think it, it kind of goes back to, it's interesting that you said that, because I've never thought of things like that, but... How, how many homeless people have you seen here in, in Austin? Dude, a lot. It's, it, it breaks my heart. I, I'm, I'm homeless right now here in Austin because I didn't get a hotel room. I slept on the street last night and the night before. It, it's cold. It sucks. And that kind of thing... Our, our society right now, so, so this is this is this is one of the main drawbacks that I see to crypto. I don't think we should be keeping track. Keeping track of what? Anything. What do you mean? If you need something, you should have it. If I don't you, understand. What do you mean? Why is that crypto's there, fault? There, there's no reason we need to be keeping track of how many assets you're using, or 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 restricting. Oh, you, you mean just like in general in, in general, life? Like, in general, we should have a society. Where if somebody needs something, they can have it. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and there's more than enough resources. I know, like people like to say there's not, but the constraint <laughs> usually falls in line with money. Yeah, and and money is more a tool to prevent people from getting what they need than a way for them to get what they need. And and I would like to live in a society where everybody has what they need. But don't you think decentralization can solve that, though? You're going to have decentralized power. There's going to be decentralized societies, power grids, stuff like that. Like, don't you, don't you think that's going to be... There's People are going to be able to make money by doing less in the future with with blockchain and, and, and decentralization. Don't You don't see that? I don't think you need it. I don't think you need to keep track anymore. If you have enough resources that everybody can have what they want, you don't need to keep track anymore. But the, the, way, the, way the only so, thing a blockchain is good for is keeping track of who has tokens and who doesn't. But the way the society is... They're, they have to be incentivized, like to try. To, Why? 
because that's how people are. Like, not not everybody has the same mindset. Like, you know, like myself that b- believes in giving and helping people and and actually listening and understanding and having a little empathy. Nobody believes in that. There's very little. There's very few of us that believe that. I I, I walk my life thinking that, knowing that every single day. I have a little I have a little sign when I walk out the door. When I grab my keys, I look at that sign. It has three little sayings, and I look at it every day to remind myself: You're going down the real world. Don't shit on people. Be respectful and have some empathy and give. Like those are the things that say on my wall when I walk out the door. Yeah. My my wife will look at me and be like, "Car, why do you why do you, why are you doing that?" And I'm like, "Cause I'll forget. As 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 stupid as I am, I'll, I'll forget not to do that. And just because I'll constantly, you know, go about my life, be stuck in my own little world on my own stupid phone." And forget to look at those things. And if I have a reminder every day, and when I come back in the door, I see the same thing again, and it, it reminds me again to follow that too as well. Like, it, and, and it makes me reflect when I'm when I'm going from the door to the couch to sit down or put my bag whatever down. Like, I can say, did I do that today? Who whose life did I help? Whose whose story did I listen to? What did what did I do to make the world a better place today? Or did I not do that at all? Do you know what I'm saying? And not everybody has that same mindset, though. So you have to incentivize people. It's, it's, I, I, th- I think, in a way, it's because people, people feel the need to take because they, they've been cheated, right? So they want to take more and more and more. They, they, people want to hold, hoard things because they've run out of something. And they haven't been able to get it. There, there's, there's scarcity when there doesn't need to be scarcity. There's, there's people not helping each other because because they've been they need what they have because if they give something away then they don't have it anymore uh it's 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 to me what i see at least being in in this small little city of austin there's a lot of good people here and i'm not gonna say there's not but when i do run into people that are less giving than others it's usually because all they care about is themselves and their family and that's it and they don't want they don't care about anybody else yeah. But I don't believe that. My my perspective changed a lot when I had kids. Um, I because I want whoever my kids meet to 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 be able to treat them as equals. And 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 I I think um, you know kids they have this innocence. They didn't create the world that they're growing up in. And just because somebody's parents are not as well off as somebody else's parents. I know that my children and my grandchildren and their grandchildren will benefit from having a world where the, their partners, whoever they choose, is is not uh, held back by by things. And so it makes me want to help everybody else because I know that I'm making it better for my kids. No, no, no it's true. Like. Um all the time like the way I was brought up was my mom used to always say uh, why are you fighting with that person at school or, or why are you arguing with them and I'd be like oh because they're a butthead or whatever right um, you get into fights at school or whatever my mom would be like why are you fighting with that person and I'm like I don't know just whatever we argue about Pokemon or something right this is when I was a kid <laughs> so so uh, but which, what I eventually learned just from her was like you know that's somebody else's uh, son and that that son that person has a mom has a dad has a sister has an older brother just like you you know and there's people that you see on the street 
you know, that are homeless or something like that. And, you know, sometimes they're really young and that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's son that's lost or, you know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think people forget that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's easy to forget, but when you feel it, you feel it. And when you see somebody suffering, that 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 empathy, that empathy ex- like viscerally makes you want to make the world a better place. In my, at least me. I mean, yeah. There, there are people. It was raining last night. There are people like laying on the street. Laying on the sidewalk in the rain, I was laying on the on the sidewalk in the rain. <laughs> Gosh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we covered a lot. I, I feel like I found out more about you than you. I, I probably would have never known. Yeah, you know, after 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 seeing the scene last night, like the way you come off doing that and I'll tell you this because now talking to you and we've had this conversation and you know we've seen eye to eye and and uh, we agree on some things we don't agree on time travel obviously <laughs> but you know what I mean like there, there's there's different things there that um, th- that you've kind of shown the light to me and I hope I did the same to you oh, yeah, definitely. but um, I would just urge you and gently try to sway you is going about the way you did last night is really not the way to do things. The way to do things, at least for me, whenever I've felt, because trust me, I've been ripped off. I've gotten beaten up for my stuff. Um, uh, People have taken advantage of me in life. The way I go about things is instead of dwelling on what they did to me, uh, I, I dwell on, okay, so they did that to me. Now, how do I go about and try to do something better for somebody else? And, and that starts by, you know, trying to better yourself or trying to better somebody close to you or somebody that um, has had a bad day and, and helping them out. So, like, take, for example, like, I've been ripped off in crypto before, too. Like, not to the extent of yours, though. But, I, you know, I've invested some, some, some money in decent size of money. To, to be honest, to, I didn't actually lose anything okay, well, very the, much. Let, me, yeah. let me finish. Like, so I've, I've, I've lost some money there. And, it, and the way I look at it is it comes with the territory. It doesn't mean it's right, but it comes with the territory. I know what I'm getting myself into. But at the same time, I'm not going to begrudge those people for doing what they do. Um, but I'm not going to make it my life's mission to go and destroy them either. I really believe that the karma will take care of them. And I know we, you said that you don't believe in that, but I, I would just try to urge you and sway you that by doing what you did last night, you're putting more negativity in the world than you're putting positivity in the world. And um, you're a good guy, man. Like we've had a pretty good conversation. I, I, we've hung out here a little bit and I can tell like you're a good kind-hearted dude and like I, th- I think um, doing it that way that does it make you seem like one and and I would just urge you not to do that I, I would say maybe you know do it a different way maybe start a podcast maybe start a YouTube channel and like maybe not bash them on there you can make some jokes but like maybe like try to educate people of why cryptocurrency can go bad and stuff like that but that's just my thing though anything you gotta say uh I just can't slink away and 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 hide and let somebody be out there 
cheating, cheating people. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to forgive, but they have no intention of, of have, having a conversation about it. I'm willing to forgive if they act appropriately, but if they're not going to have any intention of, of acting honorably, I don't feel any obligation to act honorably back. Okay. Well, maybe they'll listen to this podcast and maybe they'll hear you finally and maybe they'll do something. I doubt it. You never know. I've I, seen stranger things in crypto. You, you, you do never know. All right. That, that has been another Thriller After Dark. We'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>